So cool, cool, cool. Uh, everybody doing okay? Yeah. Y'all doing all right? Um, uh, as Austin said, uh, where'd he go? Oh, I guess he's sorry. As Austin said, uh, I'm Jamie, Jamie McKnight. I go to Hope Crossings here. I've been going here for probably four years or so. Um, early on, it was off and on, and then I kind of came on board um, this last year. I guess it's been a year and some change uh, as a deacon. So I'm a deacon, and uh, Trevin Boucher. Is that his name? Boucher? Oh, Boucher, good. I always want to say Boucher. I'm always wrong. Uh, Trevin Boucher uh, is also a deacon, and uh, we have just been blessed to be a part of this community and uh, been blessed to experience y'all's kindness. I have been blessed to experience your kindness, and so I appreciate the opportunity to get up here um, and share a little bit about what I feel like God <clears throat> wanted to communicate to you guys, all right? Um, so I'm glad you're having a good, hopefully you've had a good week, you're having a good weekend, all right? Um, that's not to preface that this is going to be bad. I'm just saying <laughs> it just it feels it feels good um, to know that, you know, we're in good company this morning. All right. Now I'm going to share a story. Full disclosure, this story has absolutely nothing to do with the sermon, but I just really wanted to share this. Uh, I'm married to a beautiful woman, Kelsey, and uh, my daughter, Cameron, is in the back. Um, and I have a, a five year old son, Titus, as well. And um, we uh, we're, we're doing all right. We're doing well. You know, as a family can do, you know, we ups and downs is how it is. Uh, but one of the things that we like to do in the mornings is uh, we just kind of like to hang out a little bit. Not everybody has that opportunity. Um, I understand that. Some of your kids are older and morning for them is like two in the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> you know, so you kind of you kind of take what you can before they grow up and everything. Um, so I'm hanging out with uh, Cameron in the morning. I go outside of my front porch and uh, sitting in this chair, and I'm just kind of rocking, and she's cooing, and all that type stuff. And um, one of the things, like, she's seven months old, so she's really into just putting everything in her mouth. She just loves to put everything in her mouth. Like, she's, like, on the ground, she's like, there's a bug, let me put it in her mouth. Like, no, you can't do that, right? You put her on a blanket, she grabs a blanket, she's trying to eat it, right? You get her peas. She's flinging the peas everywhere, and then she's trying to eat the peas off of where she flung everywhere. You know, she's just going everywhere. So we know that she is full of wanting to taste and eat things. And Titus, my five-year-old, is also aware of that, okay? Um, so I'm out there, and I'm sitting in the chair, and I'm rocking. I'm playing with Cameron, you know, trying to have a conversation that's going nowhere because she's seven months old. And um, Titus walks out, and he's just looking at me, and he starts laughing. Ha, 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 ha. I'm like, she's laughing that about you know and I kid you not in all his seriousness or like all his genuineness he says hey daddy he points at my head is that is that where baby Cameron was eating your hair <laughs> isn't it funny how kids have a way of telling you that you get getting old and they don't even mean to and I was like no no Titus that's just my head like that's all it is right so I went and got a haircut yesterday so I tried to be a little little polished, okay? A little bit ready. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Like I said, it has nothing to do with the sermon, but I thought it would be kind of funny to share. This is stuff that happens in our family, okay? Um, <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, so let's move forward, okay? I hope this thing works. Let me turn it on. Yeah, there we go. All right. I'm, I'm calling this the truth about the path to greatness. I know that sounds kind of cheesy, right? And I was a football coach, so a lot of times, you know, we say the path to greatness and fighting, rah, rah, and all that stuff. Uh, but I really feel like uh, this kind of fits. All right? I really feel like this kind of fits. 
Um, and when I talk about a path to greatness, all right, what am I talking about? Okay, this is when I think that God is going to call us, he's going to call you, he's going to call me, right? He's going to call all of us in one of two specific ways. He's going to call us to something more, okay? One way that he's going to call us, he's going to call us out of habitual patterns into freedom in life, all right? So think of it as like, if this is kind of like the, 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 the main level, if you will, when we're down here, Right, we're struggling and we're fighting and all that kind of stuff. God's going to call us into something greater. He's going to call us into a, a path that's greater to get us back to where we are. All right, call us out of that into something greater. Then the second way is that He calls us into something sometimes more specific and an influential purpose. All right, God doesn't just call us out of some place to bring us to normal. God calls us out of some place to take us to beyond. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like when we go through things like we have stuff happening, he's not trying to say, cool, you went through that. Now go be average. Like, no, you know, God is like, I'm preparing you for something greater. Right. So when we've all had that that experience, I say we have it. If you haven't, you will. I promise. And it's going to be both of these. There's not really one or the other. You get what I'm saying? Y'all feel me? I just like a little head nod or something like that. You know, it's we're good. Makes me feel good. I was a teacher, so. I mean, I'm kind of used to blank stares, <laughs> but, but it's okay. It's all good. It's all good. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I'm not hating. I promise. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. All right? So you got these two things, right? God's going to call us out of habitual patterns into freedom in life when he's calling us with the path of greatness. And he's also going to call us into sometimes more specific influential purpose. Okay? So you got to ask yourself, what exactly is the purpose of the path to greatness? Why do we got to do it this way, right? And what's the key? How do you become successful in the path to greatness? I mean, after all, you're talking about greatness, right? And we know, or we, we assume that we know, and we understand that it's God's greatness, but there's got to be something more than just like, well, we just wake up, right? And we just grow and grow and grow and grow and grow, and we do some cool things, and then we die. Like, I don't, I don't know that that's as far as it goes, okay? So as I'm preparing this message, here we go. Um, I really kind of came across Moses, and the irony is that when I spoke my first time here, back in, I think, January or February, I referenced Moses, and I didn't really think that I would go back to talking about Moses, right? But I was looking through different scriptures and different passages and doing all these, you know, whatever, trying to reference this and pull this together, and it kind of hit me. I was just like, man, if you just pay attention to the life of God, I mean, excuse me, the, the relationship, the life that, that Moses lived with God and, and all of his, what he went through and then where he ended up and all that stuff, you can see a lot of the pattern and a lot of the, the process that God allows us to go through on our path to greatness, all right? And you start figuring out some things, okay? <clears throat> so let me give you a backstory, all right, to Moses, right? He was born an Israelite and he was in Egypt under a decree that all male newborns were killed. Okay, so Pharaoh at the time in Egypt was kind of wigging out a little bit because in Egypt there were way more Israelites than there were Egyptians. So the first thing he did is he said, I'm going to put them into slavery. I'm going to show them their place. I'm going to make sure that they can't overrun us, which is what his fear was. If Egypt ever went to war, then Israel could pair with whoever it was that they're fighting against and overthrow Egypt. So he put them into slavery, right? Right. Well, the more and more that he became 
aggressive with them and harsh with them. They actually continued to grow and to spread and, and do all the, the, the opposite of what it was that he wanted. Okay, so he went a little bit further and worked a little bit harder and said, you know what, from here on out, here's the decree. Anytime that a male is born and that is not of Egyptian descent in Egypt, he needs to be killed. All right, now if you don't know why the male has to be killed, then that's something you need to talk to somebody else about, okay? Because the male's got to be killed in order to stop the population, all right? Population control, if you will. So Moses is born under this decree, all right? And then miraculously, he's accepted and raised by Egyptian royalty. It says that Pharaoh's daughter is the one that found him because at the time when Moses was born, his mom put him in a basket after having him for three months, all right, couldn't hide him anymore, and then sent him off down the Nile River. And Pharaoh's daughter is the one that found him. And so he was actually raised, ironically, by Egyptian royalty in a time that he wasn't even supposed to be around. We already see that God has his hand on things, right? Already working some stuff, right? <clears throat> so later, you know, in all of Moses, you know, doing his thing and, and feeling, I don't say feeling himself, I don't know what you, want to, what you want to call it. He was doing what he was doing. He, he later commits a murder of an Egyptian. Now, he's a Hebrew person. He's an Israelite. Commits a murder of an Egyptian, thinks he gets away with it, and then he's found out that he's the one that's actually done it. Pharaoh finds out, goes after him, and Moses flees into the wilderness. He goes to Midian. This is where he lives for many years. So that's the backstory that brings us to where we are now. All right, in the path to greatness. Now, you could just stop there. You have a sermon and be like, hey, that's it. You know, path to greatness. You go through some things, then you go into the wilderness, and then God calls you out of the wilderness, and then you have a conversation with the Lord and, and all this type of stuff, which we'll talk about. But I think there's, there's a lot more going on here. There's a lot deeper going on, okay? Y'all with me so far? We good? Yeah. All right, cool. I got you. Okay? So... When you look at the path to greatness, the first thing that I feel like I noticed when I was reading the scripture was that God is going to start with a promise and encouragement in your path to greatness, in my path to greatness. All right, how do I know that? Okay. Come on. There it is. All right, so Exodus 3.7. At this point, this is happening at some point in, in, he's in the desert, he's out roaming around, he sees a burning bush. You might be familiar with that story. All right, and then the bush starts talking to him, and it's God. God calls Moses, and he says, Moses, Moses, and Moses says, here I am. All right, and God begins to proceed to tell him who God is. He says, I am the God of uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and your ancestors, and I want to deliver the people out of Israel, right? Exodus 3, 7, I've certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. Remember, they're in slavery right now. I've heard their cries of distress because of their... Harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering. Exodus 3.8 says, So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. That's a lot of ites. All right? Okay? So... It starts with a promise, all right? It starts with encouragement. Well, you say, oh, Jamie, like, what do you mean? Like, how is that talking about promise encouragement? Um, if you notice right here, it says it's a land flowing with milk and honey, right? And right before it, he says a fertile and spacious land. God is not required to tell us why he's doing anything. Think about that. It, it, he's not required. He doesn't have to tell us why he's chosen to do what he's doing. He does that for us, right? And I think the reason that God told Moses 
that it was a spacious land, and that it was flowing with milk and honey, honestly, is because the truth about the path to greatness is that it's not going to be as easy sometimes as you think it is. We've got to have something to hang on to, something to look forward to. All right, now what does that look like in our lives? All right, some of you may be sitting here and have had some thoughts about some things that you want to do. All right, and right now they're just thoughts. But understand that you would not know where you are headed or even know how to get there if you didn't first have a thought of what you wanted it to look like. Right? God is painting a picture. He's putting something in Moses' mind to take to the Israelites so that they, after being in slavery for as many years as they have, can have something to look forward to. Right? It might not be enough for God to say, I want you to go and tell them that I'm taking them out. They're going to be like, well, where are you taking us? And is that really going to happen? Right? We've been in slavery for years. We've known about this promise for years. God is giving you something to hang on to. You've got to be, uh, you've got to be hopeful. You've got to trust in him, right? He's got to give you a picture, right? So we see that in the beginning, the first thing, and there's only five points, the first thing that we notice is that God is going to give you, going to give me, going to give his people a promise and some encouragement, right? He's planting that seed, plants that seed for you, okay? All right, so the next thing. The second thing that we see is that God is going to then give the command. This is the scary part, right? Because what happens is, is God gives the command, and as you see in Exodus 3.10, as uh, Moses is talking to God, he says, that should say now go, not no go. That'd be, that's kind of deflating, honestly, if you think about it. Um, like, yeah, this is great. You can't do it, though. I'm going this way. Nah, it's a type, but that's my fault. But Exodus 3.10, it says, Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. Right? That's uh, God giving a command. And then 2B, a lot of times, Satan's going to try to disrupt you. And in three ways. First thing, Exodus 3.11, 13, and Exodus 4.1, and Exodus 4.10. He's going to attack an identity. In Exodus 3.11, right? Moses says, well, who am I? Who, who, who am I? You know who you got, right? You know, you know who you're talking to? Like me, Moses, right? I killed a dude. I'm in the, like, yeah, I know who I am. God, God's like, I got you. I know what's going on. And then he's going to get you distracted on other people. Exodus 3.13 and Exodus 4.1, he says, well, are they going to know who you are? Are they, are they even going to believe me? Like, do they, do they even... Do they even know? Like, is this, is this really a thing, right? And then lastly, Exodus 4.10, he says, well, I can't speak. I don't speak well. You find all these different reasons why to not go. Tell me we don't do the same thing, right? Like I said, if you just pay attention to what you're reading, you can see the parallel of how God will take us through a process. And a lot of times we respond the same way that we see Moses and we see some of these prolific leaders all the way through Scripture handle things. We do the same thing. God says, oh, I want you to be a teacher. All right, awesome. You ever seen uh, one of those videos where you got a dog and you got the ball, you know, and the dog's like, rrr, rrr, and then they throw it, and the dog's like, that's too far. Right, I'm not going, I'm not, no, that's not what it, it's like the same thing, that's just what's happened here. God gets us excited about something, and we're like, yeah, this is great, this is awesome. And he's like, go, and you're like, what? What do you mean, go? You go, take me there. Put me out there, right? He's like, no, you go, because God uses people. God uses you, God uses me, right? 
Okay, so we got two points down. Path to greatness, okay? God's going to start with a promise. Then he's going to give a command, right? And a lot of times we get a little scared about it and we're like, oh, I don't know, right? But if you just keep taking steps, you'll continue to see the process, all right? So number three, God is then going to confirm the call with an encouraging action, all right? So the backstory to this, I say the backstory, continuing on, in the kind of debate that Moses is having with God about going to the Israelite people, he's too afraid and wonders, are they going to accept what it is that he has to give them, what it is he has to tell them, okay? And God then says, no, I'm going to show you, you need to do this sign, and put your hand in your pocket, and then pull it out, and the leprosy's going to be gone, and they're going to be like, whoa, that's awesome, right? He's giving you all these signs and all these things in order to go and have the Israelite people hop on board with what's going on. And it says that that's exactly what happened, right? Exodus 4, 29 through 31. Then Moses and Aaron, they returned to Egypt after going back and forth with God. Well, Moses going back and forth with God. Uh, told them everything, the Israelite people, performed the miraculous signs, and the people of Israel were convinced, right? Again, tell me this doesn't happen in our lives. We get hung up on something, we get afraid, we take a little baby step, and then boom, there's some confirmation there. You might have a conversation with somebody about exactly what it is that you've been thinking about that empowers you, right? Maybe you're going in for a job interview, okay, and you're a little worried about, I don't know if I can do this, and then you get the job. You're like, oh, this is awesome. Maybe some of you uh, young, younger guys, I'm not going to say young people because I'm still kind of young, I think, even though the hair thing, but it's cool. Some of you younger guys want to try out for a team, basketball, football. You're like, what if I'm not good enough? What if they break my ankles? That's a term for when you get, you know, you, you fall over because you're trying to guard somebody. If y'all didn't know that. Okay, that's cool. Um, <laughs> right? But then you make the team, right? You have a little bit of confirmation and you're feeling really good and you think, man, this is really going to happen. Like, this is really, really what's happening. I'm so excited about it. But here's the reality. It's not over. It's not over. You got the job, which means you now have a job to do. You made the team, which means you now have to practice, right? And this brings us to point number four. God's going to allow some discomfort. And often we question the validity of, like, should we have done this? God, did I, did I really, did I hear you right? Right? I, I know I made the team. Right, I know the Israelites are all for getting out of here. Like, this is really awesome. But here's what happens, as we see in Scripture. Okay? Going along, I'm kind of paraphrasing. I go, because the story of Moses is like 20 chapters long, and we'd be here till tomorrow uh, if I was really going to read the whole thing. So right after Moses goes to the Israelite people, and they are convinced that God is going to call them out of Egypt, he then goes to Pharaoh. He's probably feeling good, too. He's like, oh, yeah. Hey, Aaron, you see that, man? God did what he said he was going to do. That's awesome. That's, that's legit. This is great. He said, I'm going to go talk to Pharaoh. Watch this. This is going to be good. He goes, hey, Pharaoh, I just want to let you know, um, God told me to tell you that you need to let my people go. You got to let them go. Pharaoh's like, oh, for real? For real? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Guess what? Not going to happen. Matter of fact, I'm going to make stuff twice as hard for them. From now on, take all their supplies away, and they have to go get their own supplies, and then they have to keep the same quota of materials being made every day while looking for their own supplies, right? If I'm Moses, I'm like, dude, that's not what I thought was going to happen. 
Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't, I don't understand, right? I, it just got confirmed. Like, I made the team. Why is practice so hard? Why is the coach riding me? Why do I have all this paperwork I got to do? Why do I got parking duty? You know, like, it's just, it, I thought this is what you wanted from me, right? But this is what they said. The foreman said to them, and those are the people that were in charge of the slaves at the time, the Hebrew people that had, like, groups of people. May the Lord judge you, the Lord judge and punish you for making us stink before Pharaoh and his officials. This is them talking to Moses and Aaron, the Israelite people. Said, then Moses went back to the Lord and protested, why have you brought all this trouble on your own people? Lord, why did you send me? Why am I here? You already knew I was terrified, right? I wrestled with you in the beginning. You're talking about some milk and honey, right? And it's, oh, it's going to be smooth. It's going to be great. And now I get this far. You said you were going to do what you were going to do. And, and they're turning on me. It got worse. Discomfort. What's up with all this discomfort? Right? But God's going to allow the discomfort sometimes. And you'll see why as you move forward, right? But again, if you can just pay attention, you can just keep one step at a time. Boom, boom, boom. You'll see what God has planned, okay? Ooh, not the right button. There we go. All right, so the last thing that we see in the path to greatness is that God is going to deliver big victories and allow minor setbacks. This is what I like to call the two-step forward, one-step back principle. All right. So Moses goes to Pharaoh, asks him, tells him, really, hey, I'm, I'm rolling these people out of here. Like, you got to let them go. Pharaoh's like, nope, not going to happen. Right. So God starts going ham. All right. God starts doing his thing. <clears throat> and what you see in Exodus chapter six through 10 is that God sends nine plagues on the Egyptian people. And five of those times, the Israelites are declared free by Pharaoh, and then he rescinds that declaration. All right? Looks very similar in our lives. We have a little success. We get excited, and then we take a hit. Right? Oh, man, I got on the basketball court, and I scored 30 points. Next game, you got benched. What's that about? Right? Maybe you didn't pass the ball. Like, I don't know. I don't know why coach put you out. You know what I'm saying? Right. But we have these little successes and then God's going to allow some of these setbacks. You're like, why? And you keep saying, why, God? Why? You told me about the land of milk and honey. You told me about the freedom. You told me about where I was going. Why is this happening? I don't understand. You feel me? Y'all get what I'm saying? Y'all with me? Yeah. Cool. All right. Cool. All right. So he's going to deliver big victories and allow minor setbacks. And finally, on that final, that ninth plague that God sends on Pharaoh, which is the plague of the firstborn son, which is where God allows for, you know, the past, you've heard of the Passover, Passover feast? That's where that comes from. The angel of death doesn't, it passes over you if you got the blood of the lamb smeared on the door. That's what it was in, um, in scripture back then. But for Pharaoh, he didn't have that option. Right. So Lord said, I'm going to take your firstborn in the same way that you or because you won't let my firstborn go. My Israelite people. Right. And so he gives the plague of the firstborn and not only Pharaoh, but all of his officials, even the firstborns of the uh, the livestock were killed. They were done. OK, killed all the firstborns. Right. And the irony, you know, is kind of like, well, Pharaoh kind of started with killing firstborns and men and stuff in the beginning. And you know what I'm saying? So God kind of does this thing right there. And after that time, finally, 430 years that they have lived in Egypt, they are set free. Let's hang on that for two seconds. Uh, 430 years. 
That's a long time for a path to greatness. All right, a very, very, very long time, okay? So then you got to ask yourself, we're going to revisit, right? I didn't say all that just to be like, hey, cool, all right, now it's time to go home and eat fried chicken and watch TV. No, path to greatness. What is the purpose of and the key to the path to greatness, right? If you pay attention, the key and the purpose to the path to greatness is a relationship with God. You can look at this story and you can say, look at how awesome God moved. And it's true. You say, look at the story and look at how God delivered the people out of Egypt. It's true. It's amazing. That path to greatness is awesome. But understand, the relationship with God is what is most important to him. Greatness was a byproduct. It's what came with the relationship that Moses had with God. Right? How do I know that? Okay, let's think back and see where Moses was and where he ended up, all right? Along the path to greatness, God used a relationship with Moses to do three things. Okay, first, he strengthens the communication and the intimacy that Moses had with God, right? In the very beginning, Moses, was he not very vocal, right? He had to go back to the Lord, and he had to say, well, what about this, and what about that? And these people are going to reject me. Right? And he'd go talk to Pharaoh, and then Pharaoh would make his decision. Then he'd go back, and he'd say, God, 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 God. He was increasing that communication and that intimacy with God. Right? Secondly, he strengthened the dependency. Okay? Going back to the vocal, the vocalness, vocality. I don't know what the word is. Vocalness. In the very beginning, Moses was extremely vocal and was very anxious and felt very responsible for getting the people of Israel out of Egypt. By the time we got this far, he wasn't saying much anything. Was he not? God was loud. God was active. He grew increasingly silent over time, and God grew increasingly louder over time. This is what the path to greatness looks like. As God continues to shape you and continues to shape me, we get less and less focused on what we can do, and more and more trusting of what God can do. You get what I'm saying? You feel me? All right? And then again, going with the focus, he shifts the focus from fear to faith. All right? In the beginning, Moses was focused on what? Anything but God. What about me? What if I can't do it? What would they think? I don't know how to handle that, right? And then, well, I guess it didn't come up. Then he's focused on nothing but God at the end of his journey. Nothing but God, all right? Spoiler alert. The Israelites are led out of Egypt, and they are on the run. They're just trying to get away as fast as they can. And, well, lo and behold, Pharaoh changes his mind again. He says, you know what? Forget that. I'm going after them. We're going to get them. All right, so they're chasing after the Israelite people, and Moses takes the people, and they wind up in front, I think it was the Red Sea, All right. And they have nowhere to go. They are being pursued by the armies of Egypt. All right. By Pharaoh. And they turn on Moses and they say, why did you bring us out here to die? Why? We could have died back there. Why did you bring us out here? Huh? And you know what Moses said? He said, don't be afraid. Just stand still and watch the Lord rescue you today. The Egyptians you see today will never be seen again. The Lord himself 
will fight for you. Just stay calm. Tell me that's not a different Moses than the one that we saw at the very beginning of this journey. And the irony is, at the very beginning, nothing had even happened yet. And he was terrified. And now he is at the peak of being pursued in conflict by the one enemy that everybody is afraid of. And he is as calm and smooth as the other side of the pillow. That right there is the purpose and the key to the path to greatness. Greatness is a byproduct. The relationship with God is to be strengthened through the process. That's what he cares about. God didn't go to Pharaoh. He didn't say, hey, Pharaoh, let my people go. He said, no, Moses, you go. I only talk to you, my people. I don't talk to Pharaoh. I don't have to talk to Pharaoh. I don't need to because I want you to know that me and you are in this together. Forget what the enemy's throwing at you. I'm sorry, I'm really amped right now. <laughs> All right, forget, forget what the enemy is throwing at you. I deal with you. I deal with you and my relationship with you. You feel me? That is the path to greatness. That is the reason and the key to the path to greatness. The relationship with God. He begins to shape and mold you and he takes you from where you were terrified terrified of, of who you are and whether you can do this and whether you can't, right? Whether you become successful in the job or in the sport or whatever it is you're doing, God's not concerned with that. God is concerned with, do you become successful in growing more with him through the process? He forces you back to him. Life is going to have these ups and downs, man. It's going to have ups and downs. There's going to be struggles and it's intentional, not every decision that you make and everything that comes at you negatively is because of the decision that you make. Sometimes stuff is allowed because it gets your attention. As God said, I want to be with you, right? And to relate this to the gospel, that's why he sent Jesus. The only way that God could have eternity with you was to sacrifice his only son, the only one that he had. Because he was desperate for what? Relationship with you. Relationship with me. That's what he wants. That's what he's always wanted. That's been the plan all along. I want to have a relationship with you. Whether you're at the lowest of lows or whether you're at the highest of highs, whether you're just feeling yourself and you are soaring or you feel like you can't make it and like you don't have anything. He said, I'm there. I'm with you. So the band's going to come back up, and they're going to do a song. It's Lord, I Need You. You've probably heard it before. Most of you have. All right? I just want you to take this time to ask God. All right? If you're a believer, right, and you, you, know, you have a relationship with God, even if you're not, right, just, just, just maybe ask him, like, hey, God, you know, I know we don't talk much. Like, whatever, that's fine. Right? Just talk to him. Talk to him. Ask him, where are you? Where does God have you on the path to greatness? Could be something specific. All right? Could be something that you're going through, right? Maybe you're soaring right now. Maybe you are heavily dependent upon him, and you are feeling that really strong today. That's great. Give him praise for that, right? But just take a little bit of time, all right, as they're doing this song, just kind of reflect on where it is that God has you and your path to greatness with him. And keep in mind that greatness, greatness is a byproduct. The success of the job, the success of the... The, the making the team, the success of whatever it is, it's, that's, that's all, that's, that's great. That's awesome, right? Put that in the trophy case over here. 
God is concerned with the relationship. How is your relationship with God? Maybe you haven't started yet. Maybe you're at stage one. Maybe God's pulling on you right now. Like, I want to have a relationship with you. You're like, but God, but do you know who I am? <laughs> you know what I've done? Right? Like, you're perfect and stuff. Like, and I'm not. And God's like, I know that. <laughs> I made you. And I saw all that stuff that you were going to do before you did it. I still want to be with you. And I was there when you were doing those things, too. I still want to be with you. 